following broadcast is brought to you by Magic Ape Radio. Welcome to Instant Discussions. My name is John. I'm Chris. I'm Marty McFly. And today we are McFly. <laughs> Back to the Future, 1985 American science fiction adventure comedy film, directed by Robert Zemeckis, written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Starring Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly, who was said back in time in 1955. Don't need to read the rest of the Wikipedia entry. <laughs> and Christopher Lloyd as Robert Zemeckis. Yep. <laughs> it's a really uh, meta movie. So, have you all seen this movie before? Yeah. I've seen this so many times. Really? I actually got to see it in the movie theater, which was fun, in Uptown Whittier. In 1985? Uh, no, like last year. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Like uh, when I, I may have seen this in the theater, I don't know. I've been little, very little. Rewatching it this time, I totally forgot how hilarious it is. It really does. It's it's totally a comedy and played off as a comedy, but it's done so well. It's like Oscar worthy. Yeah, like you forget <laughs> that it's you forget that it's a comedy a lot of times mm-hmm. because the story is so solid in it. Um, I actually do think it should have won Best Picture for 1985. Whoa, whoa, bro. I have my list. Bro. Instead of? Instead of Out of Africa, which I totally fucking hate so much. Oh, that's because, yeah, you don't like when they take If they had kept Africa. Eric Stoltz, then I would have been okay when, but it, I, Michael J. Fox ruined it. So I was watching uh, Back in Time, which is also is on it? Netflix right now. It's the latest Back to the Future documentary. There's so the many, so many <laughs> Back to Time in the Future because uh, the like the the Blu-rays have a great um, documentary series on them, um, where each each film has its own documentary behind it. But uh, but this is the latest one that came on the 30th anniversary Blu-ray. Um, but uh, it, yeah, it's on Netflix streaming now, so you can watch it as well. But uh, the, so Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis talk all about it on there. And um, now I'm forgetting where I was where I was coming to with that, with the point I was making about it. But Eric Stoltz, that's what it was. Um, <laughs> they said in there that uh, they will eventually release the Eric Stoltz footage. That'll be cool because they shot for six weeks with Eric Stoltz. They shot I forgot, most did of they, the film. He, he didn't get along with somebody, they, right? No, no. Uh, what, the, the story that they've said and they've stuck to completely, although I've never heard Eric Stoltz talk about it, but um, the story was that they always wanted Michael J. Fox, but he was doing uh, Family Ties at the time. Uh. So he his schedule didn't allow him to do it. And they had been they had been going through so much to try to get this movie made in the first place uh-huh. that since they finally had a greenlit they had a schedule and they needed to get the film made um, so they recast with Eric Stoltz and <laughs> shot the film and uh, Zemeckis talks about how he had a feeling that the film wasn't working with him already but he didn't want to stop filming hmm. because uh, it was better to have something made than nothing uh-huh. and, but he was disappointed with it the whole time um, I had heard that it the the sense of humor or the style of humor that he was playing towards just didn't fit Neil mm-hmm. Hamburger show. yeah <laughs> 
Why did Doc invent the internet? Um, I had heard that it's a darker kind of film, the way that he did it. Um, everything that they say just makes it sound more interesting, and uh, I want to I want to see it. Um, but so eventually they uh, they fired him um and they were very sad about having to fire him from it but they they did they let the rest of the cast know and uh, they were able to work it out so that um michael j fox would uh spend half his day filming the tv show and half his day filming the movie and, <laughs> and now he has parkinson's he had, imagine yeah imagine if he stayed on eric stoltz would have parkinson's yeah that's Marty how it works fly would not that's how yes that's, that's how weird parkinson's work because the flux capacitor um yeah so the uh, uh yes I, I kind of always forget that uh they're like middle eastern terrorists with like heavy weapons i don't know why the i always libyans. forget libyans i always forget how like violent that kind of scene is oh it's it's horrible um <laughs> i forget though because it's like a kid's movie here's something that's worse about the whole thing um so they 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 thwart the uh the libyans by they um they crash into the photo booth yeah and then it in, in Think of it in the in the final scene of the, of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so they crash into the photo booth, and then Marty runs over to Doc, and oh, he's okay because he's got the bulletproof vest on. The Libyan's car did not explode. Um, they just crashed into a janky little photo booth. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a good chance that they are still alive, and hey, you don't know they how I still works. have that rocket launcher. <laughs> That's true. Um, that is just it's so risky right then them being there so there's no they don't wrap up and let you know what happened with the libyans at all i would have liked to see an explosion coming from there something to show that they're dead so that you don't have to worry about them anymore or um airplane some, crashes something into the booth. just something else because that's just kind of left open right there <laughs> um yeah but getting uh d- d- Getting back to the uh, the other thing, so they, they when they they brought Michael J. Fox back on, um, there are any of the sh- most of many of the shots that you see that don't have Michael J. Fox in them were shot beforehand with Eric Stoltz, and there are reaction shots throughout the film where and Michael was talking about this on the documentary where um, the reaction shots they're reacting to uh, Eric Stoltz and mm. not to Michael J. Fox. I didn't realize that. So it's it, it's this interesting thing because they it they already shot the stuff. I feel cheated. So why not just only shoot the reverse angles or the <laughs> things that you need in there? They should like re-edit it as a David Cronenberg movie where it's like um what's it that one movie where with the twin gynecologists but it's twins that don't realize they both went back in time together and changed personalities. So it's half Michael J. Fox, half Eric Stoltz. Whoa. I just I just want to take all of that footage and see how much I can re-edit it into the film and uh, and make the mm. Eric Stoltz version. Or like the Imaginarium of... Dr. Parnassus yeah, the way of... Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, I, I think it'd be fun. I, uh, it'll only be sad if they don't have everything shot and or everything that's sold that you need, and then you can't make the film. Well, that's when you just put like Photoshop his face over Michael J. Fox and just do the South Park just Canadian thing. Get Stoltz <laughs> to reshoot the rest of the film. Like get the <coughs> get the rest of them back. Let's do this again. Mm. I'm sure Chris Glover is always down to do more Back to the Future. Oh God, can't see why he wouldn't. Um, so, so then they go back to Whittier. 
Yeah. I don't so know if you knew that, bro. when it starts in 1985, you see uh, Whittier High School looking better than it does today, but yeah, still, uh, you know, nice and graffitied. But there aren't bars on the windows yet, and they don't have to have a huge gate up in front of the school That's yet. True. Uh, so it's not that bad yet, but it's still pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to go back in time to before it was all graffitied. And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe that existed sometime, but. Yeah. Uh, I just love how many conflicts there are in this because it's um, that just some, it's a good element for a movie because you have the deadline at the restore the clock, find all the parts so he can get back in time, but also his mom is suddenly in love with him. And because of that, there are so there's so much exposition that needs to be peppered throughout the film. I know, just constantly, but it's done <laughs> so well. Yeah, like it's they. It, it, I don't know. It doesn't. It's not annoying when you watch it unless you're looking specifically for exposition, which then it's there everywhere to make every reference work they have to say you know save the clock tower the clock tower was stuck in the same it's not really um and oh we did it's not that had to use the uh, plutonium so that we had to do this well so the like you have to you have to establish the whole clock tower things so that you can then use that later you have to establish the plutonium to know that when you're in 1955 that you don't have enough and he says oh i almost forgot to put more back in and then he doesn't put any back in and uh, uh let me put in a date 1955 oh 1955 that was the day i invented the time travel this like <laughs> yeah. this, all these things these steps one after the other that that have to be explained so much so that everything can work but it it works the way they're telling it because it like it seems with when out when you're not thinking about it it seems yeah. natural enough it's, although his reaction the way that he says as he puts in the date like or you can go to a red later date in science the you know november 5th 1955 and then he but then he has the re- realization of what that day was as if it was something else beforehand mm-hmm. Um, it's not ham-fisted exposition, though. Not like Casper. Oh yeah, mom's dead. <laughs> you know, like I that. think the way that they do this uh, was typical back then. Like for these types of movies. Like when I think about the movies that I, I enjoyed as a child, like they often did that. It was like, hey, this is gonna happen. That's gonna happen. Blah blah blah. Like it's very laid out. For yeah, everyone. it has. It, yeah, laid out's a good word. It's like good architecture. Like the good architecture plan for. Perhaps. Uh, for for a good shack. So I have one thing that's always bugged me in this film, mm-hmm. and oh. will continue to bug me until someone can explain, explain what it. the clock experiment he was doing, where all of his clocks were 25 minutes slow. You didn't Doc that, Brown's bro? clocks? Yeah, so can you just explain that to me? Yeah. Yeah, just, just go ahead. Cause he, because he actually did, like, short uh, lapses in time. With all of the clocks at the same time? Yeah. That's the whole point how, of the thing. How did he get all of those clocks that are more clocks than could fit in the DeLorean at the same time to slow down when he has not had a successful <laughs> test of the time machine yet? It's in the deleted scenes. Uh, yeah? Yeah. So, it, like, how did he set... What was this experiment he was setting up? And Because he, he didn't want to go too far back in time. Yeah, but he already... he the, the first successful experiment that he showed was sending Einstein a minute into the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this was before that. <coughs> No, I know. Okay. <laughs> no, it's just this thing that doesn't... They don't explain it, and I can't... It's. I'm fine with them not explaining it if it was something I could figure out. Hey, 
It was originally called Back Time of the Future. Did you know that? It was originally called Doc Brown's Adventures Through Time. Back Time of the Future. And so that's what just sent clocks back in time. There's a great thing that Bob Gale talks about on the documentary where they originally were calling it Doc Brown's Adventures Through Time. Fuck and that. He was, stupid he was the character. And it was, <laughs> it was just because he wanted to do a time travel movie. Um, but they didn't really have a hook for what the movie was going to be about. They just wanted to do a time travel movie. Um, and it wasn't until Bob Gale went to he went back to visit his dad and was looking through his dad's old high school yearbook and saw that his dad was high school president or class president uh. and he's looking at him like he, he was thinking like oh is his dad like some uh, jerk um, goody two shoes falling on the school rules guy that, <laughs> and he was thinking like would I get along with my dad if I went to high school with him and he also was thinking because oh, he went to the same high school as his dad uh-huh. and then and then he and Zemeckis this is the thing that he was saying uh, to Zemeckis he was like he was saying what if uh, your mom was the high school slut um because <laughs> yeah in the Eric Soltz version they have sex with the mom I want to I want totally, to see oh no, god I would that'd be kind of it'd be a whole different movie but if they were happen. to fuck just once when it was going around cool. they were trying to find a studio to produce it and mm-hmm. they went to all these studios and everyone was saying it was too childish and then they brought it to Disney and they're like there's incest in this <laughs> we're not doing this um, so everyone else it was too kitty and then for Disney it was they, yeah. they're the ones who actually understood what was going on in this film that was the best part of it yeah. like the tension I wanted them to have sex they never did I mean yeah Leah Thompson I think she is the best part of this movie she's super good so good in the film um I the can't, best part wow. I can't say best part because everything's so good in it but no, I just love her to death real quick great. hey um Doc Brown and like Marty like that's weird, right? Yes. He's yeah. a high school student, and like so total that's, pedophile. That's another thing that they were saying that you don't, that's, uh, back then they didn't think about, but if, if you're doing the film nowadays, it's what is he doing with that old man? <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> like, check out my inventions. Watch. He's like, all right. How did this, Zip. we, another thing we don't get explained is how, how did these two first <clears throat> meet? How are they knowing each <laughs> other? I mean, it's the, the same Obi-Wan Luke thing, but they don't have a reason. We don't know why they got together. Yeah. Marty, my in vitro test tube baby. <laughs> How are you? But, the, but it's not. <laughs> That's the deleted scene. at the, the Nambla meeting. Like Rick and Morty, which is based off of uh, Doc Brown and Marty McFly, um, it, that one they, they establish it by having it be his grandpa. So you've got the, there's reason why he'd be hanging out with him. Yeah. So if, you know, Doc Brown was related to him in some way, but he's not Yeah, at he's all. not. It's so fucking weird. I, another thing I like is that um, the, the, thi- the, the stories about Doc Brown, you get little bits of info about what went on with him, like uh, <coughs> how his, his house, uh, he'd lost his house and uh, gone through oh, yeah. a lot of tough times. The part's sad. And so he's, he's like living out of his garage. All we see is his garage in the first part of it. And then when they go back to 1955, you see the mansion that's uh-huh. next to it that was taken away from him and then burned down um, and Son then there's a Burger bitch. King next to it later but yeah by the way he ages horribly well that's all age makeup dude ni- the, the him in 1955 mm-hmm. compared to 85 there's yeah. not much of a difference so the 19 well yeah but the 19 <laughs> the ni- they, they age him up a little bit for the 1985 stuff and then in 1955, he's uh, no age makeup. And that's how most of the characters are, um, except for Marty, who doesn't age. But yeah. uh, like mm-hmm. his parents, they're in age makeup in 1985 and then 
put uh, just no makeup or no age makeup at least just regular film makeup for for the 55 stuff mm. um so you've got kids playing adults throughout the whole thing but uh but doc brown's one who's already an adult is already older than them um so you've got the you know the the makeup on that he's wearing to that but just not not as crazy as and i like them. how the black people were smoking the reefer yeah. i don't want to miss no reefer addicts <laughs> they're dangerous um, another thing that, that's pointed out in the documentary, because it's you know lots of fans talking about it as well, including um, uh, Dan Harmon, one of the co-creators of, of Rick and Morty, <coughs> mm-hmm. um, is that there is, in, in a lot of the rules that it, it breaks, it's yet still being such a perfect script. One of the, the writing rules that it makes is that your uh, protagonist, Marty McFly, doesn't really learn anything <laughs> yeah he doesn't he doesn't change doesn't... he's not not looking for there's anything no to fill no there's no arc for him yeah. but there the only thing that it does have is <clears throat> he causes a problem that then he must solve and he creates rock and roll bro um the yeah. arc, i'd say the arc was more throughout the series but just yeah later okay, on they, they establish arcs later and we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. talk about that in the future episodes but in the um in the, the, first first one, the first one for this one standalone because this film was made as its own film even though on the vhs releases later it said to be continued at the end of it but in the original film it was just they they ride off into the sunset at the end and that's it it was supposed to be just a classic ending of and they go off on further adventures and then they live happily ever after that kind of thing they did they had no intention of making a second film when they made the first but the ending of it yeah they just so obviously ready for a sequel no there's one another thing that uh, bob gale says in it is if they had known they were going to do a sequel they would not have had jennifer in the car at the end because in and well we'll get into this it's still it's still it's like they just you know they just have to knock her out because they don't they didn't know what to do with her in that film, so that uh, that's that's one of the the evidence things of why that yeah, to show that they did not plan it as they were going into it, um, and also they probably would have had a better contract written up for uh, Crispin Glover, um, <laughs> but uh, the like it was it was just supposed to be the 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 kind of right off into the sunset ending on it and. Uh, a cool thing for it but but they didn't plan on doing the the sequels after the first one um but it so it stands alone as a a great film in that way um anything's uh stood out to you in in the film in this watching of it in a good way or bad way either way i really hate biff tannen and not like because he wants because the writer wants me to hate biff tannen he's just a cliche he's one-dimensional yeah yeah it's just the bully yeah, I wish they they could have done something else with him to make well him different. I think yeah, in this in this <laughs> film as we see it, um, they don't really show too much to him. But uh, and you can argue and that he's, he, he's terrible. Horrible he, person. Yeah, I mean you can argue that he changes, but then in the second one we can go into how he's just still the same person he doesn't change in <clears throat> this <throat> film he doesn't change in this film at all because he, the last we see him uh, he's okay. trying to rape Lorraine and, and then he's like working for the McFly's back in the present as like the waxer <sighs> yeah but he so he's he's different because he is now a subservient 
role to uh, to George McFly. But I don't see why he can't just like leave the state and just. And another thing, new how life. did George McFly make his money? Well, he was. All I know is he's the author Wait, of his first book. Different... His first book just came out. They said it was 1973. I mean, not in this one, but in the. Yeah, I'm saying, no, we're no. talking about different episodes. No, I'm talking about the first movie, and when he gets back to the end, uh-huh. and his book comes out they said oh your book arrived it's his he, they say that it's his oh, first okay. book yeah. Yeah. his very first other. or his first novel i should say so he could have made money writing because the non-fiction uh, or he could have written in the sequel it's movies. 1973 and it says acclaimed author george mcfly it goes into that so it's so if you look at other ones then it, it, you can say they can say that he wrote uh, nonfiction. He was beforehand. a blogger. He could have been a, well. He could have been a nonfiction writer writing biographies or, or anything like that. But his first, they said it's his first novel. Yeah. Um. So that was interesting. Maybe he wrote for for movies. He could have been like a scientist researching time travel or something because he. Well, he could have. Aliens. He could have written Star Wars. Is one of the things he could have done. <gasps> Holy like, shit! Screenplays. Be, yeah. That that's what. Uh, so, but they didn't. Um, they didn't really address that in, in this one. It was just interesting that his first novel was coming out, and he had already had the wealth. Um, well, it's not that he's. Yeah, they still live in the same house. Yeah, so it's not that he's like much wealthier. It's just they're better off. Is what yeah, they're they're better off. So right? maybe maybe he like he and Biff switch positions where he's working Biff's um, job. Because Crispin Glover was doing um, Biff's homework, his stuff. So in a way, yeah. that was just leading up so Biff could succeed. So maybe he they repeat the same line so often. It's the wonder of how they don't just uh, uh, remember that same kind of pattern, the exact same wording each time. Like, oh, you know, if you do this, then it's yeah, yeah. Um, but there's just it's. And it's then, not perfect, but it's still great. One of the lines I really... No, no, I love it. Just, <laughs> Trying to fight this movie. It so many times, so there's, there's little things in hey, it. Hey, Tony, you know, I bet he's going to give it a four. One. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when when he, when he uh, Lorraine's father hits, in this one, Marty, yeah, um, was about to hit George, I absolutely love the line. He says, I hit another one. Yeah. He has just hit multiple boys yeah. outside of the house. <laughs> just like Penn State. It is not the first. Oh, it is not the first time. Um, oh yeah. So can I say one thing I didn't? Yeah. Like? The only thing I didn't like that always bugs me is the turning invisible thing. Yeah. I just the, the never whole. Liked that. Uh, well, the fading away is the way that they. Away. Yeah. They showed it in the photograph, so they, it it's the way that that worked. Um, I mean, in reality, there's so many other things that would change that would yeah. make the photograph not be the way that it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's how we had it as the artifact. The fading kinda... away is a little odd. The the one thing that I always say is a little odd about it because they do practical effects for everything, and and this is the most that's like eh. reminiscent of a digital effect that they have in it, but the it's not digital. Hand. Yeah, oh. the, the the fake hand that comes up. It's like when you when they have the things where like there's a cat with the fake cat hands that <laughs> yeah. are constantly on that. Yeah. Like, that's what I always think of because it's like the angle's not quite right. Yeah. yeah. The way the hand's coming up straight up. It should be coming from the side a little bit, uh-huh. but it's just straight up and he's looking at it and it's clearly not that's on his hand. It's just from above. Yeah. <laughs> what? My hand's fading. Just a right angle coming from the side. But, yeah. um... It's just a stick. 
but it gets the point. It gets the point across of what they're. No, I know it gets a point across, but it's yeah, it's a. I guess kids need to get be able to. It's a visual thing, so. But they do so. I love that they make fun of it, and so this movie is parodied so fucking much. This movie, oh god, this movie parodies itself though. Throughout it, I. I love when Doc Brown says to the camera, we need to get you back to the future. Oh, yeah. And he, like, pointing to the camera and looks off to the side uh-huh. as if he's just looking somewhere else. But they're clearly just talking to the camera at that yeah. point. Um, it's it's scenes like that where you know that they're just playing this up for, for comedy. Yeah. But they, they go heavy into the, the serious things about it. Yeah, um, can we talk real quick about uh, the budget and the box office numbers? Sure thing. Jesus. I just looked it up. 19 million budget, mm-hmm. 389 million box office. Negative. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it made good money. It made almost enough to do a sequel, I would think, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> it's weird that they never yeah, did they another had one. To, that's why. They're like, no, we're going to make a sequel. Yeah. One. <laughs> Should have made There's no like, way not to. A series with it, like all those Friday the 13th movies, but with Marty McFly. Oh, I thought you meant like an animated TV series. That'd be crazy if they did a Back to the Future animated TV series. <laughs> Speaking of which, oh, they made an animated TV series. They made an animated and a TV game. series. Yeah, that's Multiple where Bill Nye got his start. Really? Yeah, Bill Nye, oh, the science guy. He, was, he did little segments on that show. <laughs> and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Neil, Neil the science deal. And the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> Helen Keller. No, Speak and Spell. What the fuck his name is? <laughs> Marty McFly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too soon. Muhammad Ali. Um, he did. So, uh, anything else you want to say about this movie before we wrap this one up and move uh, on to the future? No, I just wish more people would view it as like a funnier movie because I, I, I look at those top 100 funniest movies and it's well it totally stands out. I think the problem the problem is is that it's so good. <laughs> So it's Annie, too solid. Annie like, Hall's too good, and that Annie Hall like, shouldn't be on those lists. That's just dumb. <laughs> Nothing Woody Allen should be on like there. Charlie Chaplin funny. movies. Um, well, okay, so because it's some not of the it's you're such saying. an adventure movie. Like it's an adventure movie that has a lot of good comedy in it. Uh huh. But there's just, I think the plot's too strong. There's too much good going on in the plot that you overlook that as a comedy. But it is. It's totally a comedy. It's it's like Ghostbusters. It's like the original Ghostbusters, which which that one plays more of the, the women, comedy. Right? Women yeah. ruin movies. No, the one that had no women in it. Oh, it was thank all God. men. You mean that one that was the uh, strong structure comedy that was also voted by AFI as one of the funniest movies ever made? Because AFI is always correct in every decision yeah. they make. Yeah. Yep. Basically. Not the one with the periods. I hate that one. Oh, the, there's like, no punctuation. The ten top ten. There's no punctuation in it. There's no. Oh. Um, oh. I was going to say, this made me, like, really enjoy Fire. So I The would Pyro get, is so good in it. Yeah, because yeah. I, would, I would always get um, lighter fluid and go to the street and make two lines, two lines and light them. <laughs> and it was just like... <gasps> and then the DeLorean is just badass. Yeah. I, and then I found out that, like, if it gets hit by anything, it just crumbles. And also can't go 88 miles per hour. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a Pinto. It cannot... It, uh, from what, what I've Time heard, traveling Pinto. Unless you... Switch out the engine or something. Yeah, it can't. It couldn't go. Because that thing is like super light. It's like aluminum. Yeah, like the majority of it is. It's insane. they picked it because it looked like a spaceship um, with the gold. But it made doors. everybody want one. Yeah, and it just it it adds to it being so cool because they uh, didn't manufacture them anymore. Yeah, it's just such a limited. 
Um, and when they they uh, as they were trying to get product placement throughout the film, they were trying to switch it out for some other like a Mustang or something. I can't oh, remember what it, what it was, but there were some other cars that they were <laughs> going to switch it out for. Like no, I just imagine having they a DeLorean rejected the money back for then. It. I love you probably bug. got so much ass. Just pulled up and like kind of dressed a little bit like Marty. And just like be like, what's up, baby? <laughs> I'm a lifeguard, or what if I'm in the coastal <laughs> coast guard, coast guard, youth auxiliary. Yeah. Um, so, what would you uh, rate this movie? Five stars. Yeah, you kind of have to do five stars. Yeah, six stars. I agree. Maybe four six, and a half. Six stars. What? <laughs> <laughs> Three stars. The, two stars. For the one star. Turning invisible, but I, I'm rounding up. <laughs> Shut up. I'm rounding up instead. Of There's not enough sex scenes with Leah Thompson. So oh, we can point out all these incest. More incest. Zero, zero the stars. <laughs> more boobs. Like there's, there's lots of little imperfections <laughs> in the film, but that's because you love it so much. I'm sorry, all I hear you saying is there's no boobs. If you just there watch it straight boobs. through, it's great. Yeah. Plus, a lot of it's there in Whittier, boobs, and just I love Whittier. Hey, up. hey, hey, there were boobs in uh, 16 Candles, and that was PG, so I don't Yay. see why. They could have had, like, a shower locker scene in this one. Yeah, there could have been plenty. With Marty's mom. And 19, was 1950s boobs? They had Those are classy boobs. They had the woman in the bra that, she, that uh, George McFly is watching. Huh, is a bra is a bra tits? Uh yes. Oh, well then. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm wearing a bra on my head, then my head is tits. Mhm. Yeah, that's true. That's John's logic. Oh, uh, going back though, it's uh what's inside. I still no. do like I st- I still do enjoy the uh the clock tower scene cuz you're like you know it's gonna go. Everything's gonna go fine. But you're like, no, it came off. Oh There's shit, so is like, he gonna make it? And it's like, even and, though you know. And that's foreshadowed in the beginning in all of the clocks when there's the um, uh, Harold Lloyd clock. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Chocolate blue. Oh my god. Yep. As he's, as he's hanging off chocolate the, blue. The clock there. Yep. In French. No, sacre blue. No, what? I think I think Tony's correct <laughs> yeah, on this. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, blue chocolate. <laughs> Stefan would know. Stefan knows French things. Stefan's in Paris. You mean he's a criminal of the country? Yeah, that's why he's in Paris. No, that actually he'd go to Russia then. He made the mistake. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, thank you for listening to this. Also, the Alan Silvestri music, super good. Um, Thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, You can subscribe to us and blah, blah, blah. Next week, we're going to be talking about Back to the Future Part 2. So, uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future, er, yes. Going back to the review. Back harder. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Back to the past. Um, Thanks for listening. Next week, Back to the Future 2. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.